Hello, everybody, and welcome to the... Wait, no. I don't remember which show we're doing. I had the wrong uh, intro up, which... This is right in the field, so I almost said, welcome to the Cave Trolls podcast. <laughs> we're doing too many podcasts these days. Hello, and welcome to Right in the Fields podcast, the only podcast that takes your nostalgia and weaponizes it for money. Give us that money. Head on over to patreon.com slash creations. Drop for buck or two. You can get early podcasts. You can get bonus podcasts. You get our backlog of content for Right in the Fields, for cave trolls for slovenly trolls all sorts of other stuff over there if you don't want to do that that's okay head on over to campykillcreations.com you get lots of stuff for free you get all these podcasts and any podcast of your choice you can catch us over on twitter talking about dumb crap at ritf underscore pod enough of the plugs my name is terry smith and with me today is chelsea how you doing chelsea i'm doing well terry you don't sound like you're doing well it sounds like you're burned out from doing lawyer stuff How, how correct am i no, my allergies are just acting up, so it's just the it's just the stuffiness. <laughs> it's just the stuffiness. The bar prep is going fine, I assume. Yes. Are you ready? Do you know all the laws? No. See, and this is why I don't know. I, I'm a little bit nervous about you being a lawyer. As a lawyer, don't you need to know all of the laws? No, also no. no. <laughs> also no. <laughs> well, and that's why I'm not a lawyer. I just draw things. Anyways, today we're not talking about you being a lawyer. We're talking about me because it was my birthday yesterday. And let me tell you, I ate so much meat in one day that I am not feeling well. I had Thai food for lunch and Mm -hmm. there's still shrimp just swimming around in my tummy. Uh, I didn't like that. Yeah, they're just there. They're just chilling out. I had some calamari as well. That's in there. Um, and then I had a brisket for dinner. Just a lot of meat. Just a lot of meat. I don't, I don't know what to say. I, the shrimp thing really, it set me off. (laughs) Oh man. What, what was your notification? It sounded like I just won a prize. Uh, it was an email. Oh, okay. It was just like my my Gmail account or whatever. It's going I know, yeah, it's just like like a bunch of them in a row popped up. I know, like, you're so please. popular. It's it's hard to be me. It's hard to be <laughs> Well, we're not talking about you today, and I actually lied. We're not talking about me today. We're talking about someone else special. Someone near and dear to heart, our hearts. Someone yes. special to an entire generation of people. Today we're talking about just Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell in general. His movies, his TV shows, um funny or die i guess his website i don't know his his comedy platform um his life his legacy his majesty and that is what we're talking about today so if you don't give a fuck his majesty if you don't give a fuck about will ferrell turn this podcast off pull the car over to the side of the road and smack yourself in the face because what the hell is wrong with you uh he is the voice of a generation some would say um generation. <laughs> what was that the songbirds uh, a songbird <laughs> the, the songbird of a generation i would say 
Oh, uh, golden, golden. Yeah, strap in for all of the Will Ferrell facts and references. I mean, most of this podcast is just going to be us telling you the plot of Talladega Nights, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, So, if you're not ready for that, that's okay. You can check out all of our other podcasts. We have an entire one just talking about Tamagotchis and Digimon. So, if that's more your speed, go check that out. But without further ado, Chelsea, what's your touchstone for Will Ferrell? Um, so I didn't know him before, like during his SNL days. I was a little young yeah. to be watching, um, like to be repeatedly watching SNL. So a lot of people I know have it there. But I think for me, it might have been the first Austin Powers. Oh, yeah, that that's that's close right there. Um. Because at that at the earliest, so far as the earliest I can remember. But my touchstone so far is like when I knew that I was a Will Ferrell fan forever, uh, was probably right around Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, like the same you know what I'm talking about, like the key quintessential time frame, if you will. Yeah. Um, I don't know if our listeners know this, but I am a big uh frat pack fan. I love all of uh those comedians. So it, it just really fell right in line for me anyway. And so my dad also is a big um, Will Ferrell fan. So we watched um, quite a lot of Will Ferrell in my household where we did not have TV. We would rent the DVDs at the library. Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't have a blockbuster even. We didn't even have that level of 90s nostalgia. Um, like we had a, a, a video rental place attached to our local gas station. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, also, also the, the library... There. The library did rent movies, um, but so oh, for, for me, sure. a lot of it was was not stuff that I ever saw in um, in theaters. Like I can't remember the last time I saw a Will Ferrell movie in theaters. Like for me, it was watching it at home, which is mm-hmm. I think a key part of. Part well, as a kid, you're not going to see Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. You know, like we were like four years old when that came out. You're not going to go. You know, you're no, not seeing I mean, a lot of that stuff. Even after that, though, like. We'll get into that here in a minute because I've seen many Will Ferrell movies in theaters, and that was the start of my love affair with the movie theater. So, there you um, go. But Austin it. Powers International Man of Mystery is probably one of the first places I saw him as well as Mustafa uh, with his little fez and his uh, <laughs> wound that smells like almonds. Um, being burned alive. Like, that was one of the funniest bits. Like, that movie really doesn't hold up for me. I rewatched it because my wife had never seen any of the Austin Powers movies. And it was mm-hmm. funny because of nostalgia. I don't think it's quite up to snuff these days. Um, mm-hmm. For many reasons. Not because, like, stuff didn't age well. Just, I don't know. Like, it just wasn't as funny to me these days. Um, but Mustafa was still hilarious. And it was one of the few bits that my wife actually laughed at. She didn't think it was funny at all. Um, what? Yeah, she did not find Austin Powers funny or Austin Powers 2, the spy who shagged me funny at all. She did not allow me to show her gold member. (laughs) Wow. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) And she didn't watch it as a kid, so she just didn't give a fuck. But Will Ferrell showing up was a funny bit in both films, so she appreciated that. I like the cameo, the smooth. It's the same way I feel about him when he cameos in Wedding Crashers. He (laughs) is such an integral role, even though he's only in it for fucking, like, ten minutes. One of my favorite things about Will Ferrell kind of going to, like, the producer role 
um and like in that midway point in his career was the cameos like uh like by hard sell hard like which he produced like just like showing up randomly in an abe lincoln uh, costume skydiving like i did not expect that at all all the dildos all the dildos instead of a parachute of of course I uh, love, or my boyfriend loves that movie. <laughs> or, no, not the Dewey Cox. Or, uh, the Goods, right? The Goods. Buy hard, yeah. sell hard. Buy hard, sell hard. Dewey Cox story. Uh, shout out to John C. Riley. I I love a lot of his solo stuff too, but. I can't talk. I can't talk about Will Ferrell without bringing up John C. Riley. No, no, almost mutually exclusive. Like you just you can't you can't have one without the other, which you can, and they're hilarious. But when they're together, they're even better. Except yeah, for Holmes and Watson, that was. Whoa, watch it and watch it and just want it to be bad. It's perfect. <laughs> sure. Like, I feel... <laughs> well, through that lens, what's what's not perfect, right? If I just go in going, God, I hope this is terrible, and it is, and I'm like, score. Like that's the weirdest. Oh thing. yeah, and, it, and you just <laughs> laugh at everything about it that isn't supposed to be funny and is supposed to be funny. So we mentioned our our first touchstone for Austin Powers was our for Austin Powers for Will Ferrell was Austin Powers. After that, I remember getting really into Night of the Roxbury. Um, as yes. a kid, a lot of the SNL movies were were big in my household. Um, I loved him in that. I think he was in there with Chris Kattan. But the only thing I remember as like a very 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 small child was the head bob dance. Uh, I hadn't even seen the <laughs> SNL bit because I never watched SNL. Like at the time, like I wasn't up at midnight on a Saturday. Um, but I remember seeing commercials and trailers for the film very, very young and doing the dance. Um, well, they, did, they did some sort of uh, some brands did you know, like loose copies or maybe direct copies to advertise for like products. Oh, my goodness. And I can remember being like, what? And then I saw the movie after I had seen some of like the commercials or whatever they were and uh i was like oh yes it's making more sense now it's all coming together <laughs> have you ever gone back and done like the snl rewatches like like best of or just going back to the seasons that oh, we started okay. yes yes of course yes but i did not watch them as they were coming out so you were talking about touchstones so yeah 100 percent um yeah i definitely have gone back and when i started to really idolize i think that's the appropriate word here was when i was around 12 or 13 uh, the, one of the first movies I saw in theaters by myself, um, I made my parents take me and a few of my buddies to go see Talladega Nights, uh, the ballad yes. of Ricky Bobby. And that is still to this day, one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's one of the, spe- one of the best sports movies, if not the best racing movie ever. Um, fight yeah. me. I don't care what you had to say. You're wrong. Um, if you're not first, you're last. Okay. Uh, I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. So just come at me. Okay. I'm just a big hairy American winning machine. No, no one can hang with my stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that movie changed my life. I think it's, I think it's fair to say, uh, I, I, I seen so many Will Ferrell movies after the fact, like in theaters, just because of Talladega Nights, but me and my buddies would put it on repeat, just playing the DVD over and over again. I've heard every single commentary they've put out for it. Um, and depending on which like box set or like, did you get the unrated cut or did you get the original DVD before they put out the unrated version? There are commentaries that can only be found on these DVDs. There's yes, one. They're so good. They're, they're amazing. And there's one legendary one. I, I It's one of my favorite things will ferrell's ever done he did a commentary track before the unrated dvd came out you can't get it on the unrated dvd or blu-ray 
Um, mm-hmm. they, they, on the original DVD, they did a commentary track where, uh, him, John C. Riley, and a few other people improv the entire time. And they're in the future of the U S is what they claim. Um, the apocalypse has happened. Most of the country is flooded. They changed the name or the name, the, um, national animal from the bald Eagle to hammerhead shark. And John C. Riley is leading the Michigan militia who is now the leading military unit within the U.S. And it's cut off from the mainland because of all of the water flooding as the ocean levels have risen. And this is just a bit that they do for two and a half hours. They don't mention the, anything that happens in the movie at all. Um, but it's it's one of the most amazing things ever. So if you can hunt that down and find it, I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of Will Ferrell or Talladega Nights, even though very little is mentioned about racing at all in the commentary. <laughs> exactly even though it's not mentioned like it's still worth it <laughs> it's it's still one of the best things i've ever heard so just want to throw that out there did you see talladega nights at a young age yes absolutely i did <laughs> absolutely I, I do we were obsessed with it as a household as i feel like a lot of people were or at least a lot of people that i knew <laughs> yeah <laughs> there was like the whole we were all um we all loved it so much and then yeah, I mean, nothing has really changed. Like, it's still, <laughs> it's still, if I'm like, oh, what do I want to watch? Uh, Talladega Nights is coming on, you know? It it's, was such it's... a part of the lexicon. Like, when you think about, like, nobody could have a Mountain Dew without saying, like, I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew and I'm going to scissor kick you in the back of the head. Like, yeah. uh, chips, more medals off the brick. <laughs> it sounds like a good day. <laughs> like, it's still a thing that, like, my wife will say to me. I'll be like, How was your day? And she'll tell me she threw a bunch of grandpa chips and more medals off the fridge. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, whenever we order takeout food, we yell just like his wife, Come on, y'all, we've been slaving over this for hours as we set out like the Taco Bell. But, <laughs> um there was a a moment i got asked to say grace one time um and i did the entire bit from the film uh (laughs) but no one found it funny everyone was very confused until i got to the bit about being contractually obligated to mention powerade (laughs) at every grace and how excited i was for mystic mountain blueberry and that is when the group i was with finally goes is he doing the will ferrell thing (laughs) did they appreciate the bit no no they were very upset with me this is my former in-laws um i was never asked to attend thanksgiving dinner ever again so it's okay or for you so yeah exactly work work for me (laughs) you have advice to everyone who's trying to not have to go to thanksgiving dinner with your (laughs) in-laws yes exactly do the entire bit from talladega nights uh uh honestly like i think talladega night sticks in my brain so hard obviously because i saw it in theaters and it was like formative for me but also because it's a really really good film still like it's shot so well um adam mckay is is awesome on like the behind the scenes stuff like when you when you think of those movies you think just will ferrell you think of john c Riley and all of the supporting cast but when you think of like the directing and the writing and the producing like adam mckay kind of gets thrown under the bus a lot and like not mentioned or like because they had a falling out so they don't make films together really anymore um he makes a lot of semi-serious films like you think of like vice or the big short so speaking of adam kane will ferrell and they're falling out because of some lakers project or whatever then you know he reached out to john c Riley to cast john c Riley in the in the thing that broke him and will ferrell's friendship basically yeah basically yeah 
Yeah, and John C. Riley, and so anyway, so then it was like a whole bunch of drama. But I think everyone is on pretty decent terms now. I was yeah, I think to- they're on they're pretty decent terms. I don't see them making a movie together again, but I I'm sure they're all gonna come back together for something eventually. No, yeah, I just mean I don't think there's like a lot of animosity. Like I don't think that John C. Riley and Will Ferrell aren't friends anymore. I oh no, that- no, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell are friends. Um, yeah, he still. was just hurt that like that Adam McKay had gone to John C. Riley and not. It, like, it was. Had- it was more of a falling out between Adam McKay and Will Ferrell than Will Ferrell and yeah. John C. Riley. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is that after that, Adam McKay went to John C. Riley and offered in like February of this year and yes. offered him a role. And then Will Ferrell was upset about that part. Oh, of it. so you're saying there was a second, there's a second incident yeah. is what you're saying. Yes. That's where the confusion is coming from. Oh shit. I didn't know that. Yes. But I think that everything now, I, that's what I was trying to find out about. You know what? The Twitter sphere. You can sure, sure. Yeah, trying to trying to search for drama and or facts are kind of uh, kind of a separate fact finding mission, right? Like, right. So there's can't... some there's some tabloids that are trying to spin it like, oh, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell aren't friends anymore. But um, John C. Riley has come out and said, like, hey, like we're still we're still fine. He was upset with me about this, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, but that they are. Uh, that they're fine now. Was it over and, winning time? Was that the project you were talking about? Yeah, the rise of the Lakers dynasty. Yeah. So number one, if you haven't seen Winning Time, go fucking watch it. Um, and one of my favorite things to think about when it comes to like Winning Time and like Will Ferrell and all of that stuff now is the fact that I have two separate basketball, mo- like I guess projects, one involving John C. Riley and one involving Will Ferrell, and they're two of my favorite things that have ever existed. Uh, <laughs> it's so amazing. Uh, trying to explain to my wife like why I give a fuck about basketball is hard sometimes because like I'm the nerdy guy, right? Like it's like. Yeah. Digimon, Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but then also very niche, like, 90s basketball. Exactly. (laughs) And she's like, why? I'm like, well, a lot of it's Michael Jordan, and, like, when I came up, and then the Pistons. But then the other half is Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Semi-Pro is fucking amazing. Just, uh, it's a slept-on Will Ferrell joint, and you should check it out. Uh, but definitely go watch Winning Time on HBO Max. Like, if you haven't yet, what the fuck are you doing? It's, um, it's got, it had some Oscar nods, didn't it? Oh, Oscar nods? No, will, because will it, uh, it is a TV series, so... <laughs> I'm sorry, not, not Oscar. Not <laughs> Emmy Oscar stuff? Oscar. Maybe, Emmy. but uh, it, the Emmys was, were done when it came out, so it might come. Um, yeah. I yeah. mean... Um, it, I, it, I, I think it's it. definitely worthy um i thought that they hadn't had it in the talks or whatever you know like early talks obviously because it had it's for next year but yeah it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be up there i i definitely recommend it though if you if you dig some of their later stuff like i'm talking like big short or vice kind of thing because there's some serious like moments it's not like a farce so Mm -hmm. that that's where like it's really interesting because people forget too like john c Riley can is a very very good actor um yeah. i always think of like uh we need to talk about kevin which is yeah. a yeah. fucking terrifying film but he kills it in that movie as ezra miller's dad uh and obviously he's done other serious roles i guess I, would you call chicago serious um i think semi-serious semi-serious right but like mr yeah. cellophane and all that you know 
Um, John C. Riley kills it. Will Ferrell also has some serious acting chops, but he doesn't flex them as much. I don't think he enjoys that uh, that serious role as much as John C. Riley does. I'm like I'm thinking of uh, um, Stranger Than Fiction has some really serious moments. Uh, Everything Must Go is another one where he kind of he plays an alcoholic. So th- there's moments of it, um, but I think where he flourishes in roles like Frank the Tank um uh old school is it definitely came a little bit before we were openly watching r-rated movies but old school and wedding crashers we both have gone back and really really dug and i think that's where he became a super household name past snl like everybody would go see will ferrell in a movie that's where the movie stardom really came from yeah i agree and i think that um like even though we weren't watching Oh, actually, Anchorman came before um, uh, Wedding Crashers. Is that like little role? I didn't know that. But I think uh, even before, like, I think more it's like focusing on the side roles and stuff too, like Zoolander, right? Like I Zoolander saw was uh, was an amazing moment for him, and but that was also kind of an SNL movie. No, agreed. Yeah, hundred percent. But I think that um, even though I wasn't watching R-rated movies, like. And my parents like weren't really like, oh, you should be watching R-rated movies. If it when it came to like when Step Brothers came out, like we watched it at my house, <laughs> and my dad would like fast forward through the sex scene parts. Really? So like by the time Step Brothers came out, I was just watching shit. But then again, we came from very different households. Well, it was mostly because my sister would watch too. Right? Yeah, so you, I you did have a little movies. sibling. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um. Yes. Uh, but like I, I mean, even like you go to Superstar, which was a big, big moment, and he had starred in Night at the Roxbury in like '98. But it wasn't like people were going. Like Will Ferrell was not a name that brought people to the movie theater, really. And Superstar, you know, he kind of had a bit part. Elf is the first movie I remember him starring oh, in. Um, I, do, I know that this is an unpopular opinion. I do not like the movie Elf. I don't. Elf is not one of my favorites. It's a Christmas time one that I dig, and it's mostly just for Will Ferrell. Um, it, it's more of a like, well, it's Christmas time. Let's put something on. Like it, same reason. Like, I, but like if I was gonna watch like my favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone. So I, we put on Home Alone. We put on Die Hard. But Elf is in the list. It's in the rotation. But I also I don't. don't it, it's not on my top list for Will Ferrell movies. I don't even like it at Christmas. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. I do not like the movie. Like, <laughs> of all the things that he's ever done, it's, it might be my least favorite. I, well, I mean, if I take Holmes and Watson for what it was supposed to be, rather than <laughs> what I knew it was a dumpster fire, but... Anyway. Um, least favorites. I mean, some of his serious stuff I didn't think really held up uh, under a lot of weight. I thought he was good. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything in Will, Will Ferrell is in that I thought he was bad in, right? Like... The project itself might not come together, but Will Ferrell always shines. Yeah, 100%. But Old School is one of my favorite performances from him. Frank the Tank still lives in my memory. Um, Some of his guest stuff, like Starsky and Hutch. Um, That was one of the first times I saw him just cameo in something. Um, Like, obviously, like Zoolander, like, he was, he played the villain, right? Like, it was a smaller role, but he was still in it. But Starsky and Hutch was the first time I saw him cameo. And I was just like, holy fuck, is that Will Ferrell? Like, what's happening here? (laughs) Just, yep. Just why? Um, and uh, the hardest time I've ever laughed at a very, very young age was my cousin, who was uh, probably three years, four years older than me, maybe even more, Mm -hmm. showing me Anchorman. Um, 
which was a mistake because I feel like that just like burned into my brain that kind of comedy um and anything that's kind of come close to it even if it's a bad film i feel like i still find it way funnier than anything because it'll invoke that anchorman mentality in me which is just farce for farce's sake just ridiculous like there there's no plot it's just we're moving from scene to scene um so will ferrell can improv with his friends yeah and it's in some in some ways I get the same vibes as um, Adam Sandler movies so far. It, as it that, is. It's but... a, I was gonna say like Adam Sandler's uh, like his later stuff doesn't really work for me, but it's the same idea, right? It's him and his comedic buddies improving for I don't know two and a half hours sometimes. Like they they go kind of long in some of those Adam Sandler movies, but it's yeah, that but exact then... same vibe. Like they're just kind of hanging out together. I think Will Ferrell's crew, especially when you got like Adam McKay and John C. Riley, I think they were just much better at it and were better at attaching a loose plot than some of the Adam Sandler stuff. Um, I I I just mean I don't know I don't know about that because I love I mean so I love the early Adam Sandler stuff. Oh, the early Adam Sandler stuff is not what yeah. I'm referring to. The early Adam Sandler no, stuff is is amazing. But it's hard for me to be like, you know, I think that I like Will Ferrell stuff more because it's like, well, I could never like almost anything more than, I mean, Talladega Nights is close, right? But like Happy Gilmore is a 10 out of 10 film. Like, <laughs> Happy Gilmore is amazing. <laughs> but not what we are talking about, Chelsea. God, oh, focus. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But yes, I, I, I do love Happy Gilmore. I'm not trying to throw shade, but like some of his later on movies, like you think about Grown Ups, right? Grownups is just him hanging out with David Spade and his other buddies. Um, but I don't think it is nearly as good as something like Step Brothers, which is just him and John C. Riley fucking chilling for no, I, yeah, an entire I movie's length. I agree. I think it's different. I think it's aimed at different people too, right? Like it's more of a chill hangout as opposed to like an extravagant, like take it to the extreme. Extreme. Ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, 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 I don't think I would often argue Will Ferrell taking it to the extreme, but I, <laughs> but I, I do get what you're saying. Um, do you ever see kicking and screaming? Yes. That was one of the few that I could get my parents to watch with me because like, they just thought he was so dumb. My, my parents had a very weird, like selective comedy kind of thing. And if they thought something was aimed to be dumb, they thought it was bad, which a lot of those movies are dumb. I would say that dumb is not an inaccurate description of many Will Ferrell movies, but it's dumb in the best way. And kicking and screaming was one they actually enjoyed. Cause it's just, you know, kid soccer movie uh, that happens to have Will Ferrell in it. And I, I did, I did enjoy that one at, at a younger age. Um, um, isn't, isn't that one um, the one where his they have he and his dad have a kid that's the same age? Yes, yes, it is. It's, and, uh, and it's the competing soccer teams. Yes, 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 yes. And it's uh, <laughs> Robert Duvall, right? Yes. I haven't seen it in years, but okay. Um, I, I don't know if it holds up. I don't know if it's as good at, uh, as yeah. I remember. Like at that age, I think it's more of a family movie, so probably not like hitting the sensibilities that we, we enjoy in a movie but um uh, it's still fun that came around uh bewitched and wedding crashers and bewitched man did that bomb hard um i actually enjoyed it i thought it was a really cool conceit um which was like it was definitely a hat on a hat but the whole idea for bewitched was they were rebooting the bewitched show 
into a movie inside of this movie, but they had mm-hmm. cast Nicole Kidman and she actually was a witch and he was playing the husband. So that it was such a meta movie. I think it was too much for a lot of moviegoers at the time. I think now I think people would be able to wrap their head around it and be totally into it. But this was even, I, I wouldn't say before Truman show, but I don't think it had that same relevance, but I had that same vibe where like, this is going to be meta as fuck. And people were like, what the fuck is this movie? And then you had people who were fans of actually bewitched at the time. And they were like, this is too many things. Why isn't this just bewitched? Um, but Will Ferrell in it the entire time, um, is very good. He's got a lot of good meta jokes about playing the husband and freaking out because, um, if you don't remember, uh, I think it was Sergeant York, uh, but, or was it Dick Sergeant? It doesn't matter. Sergeant something. He got replaced like halfway through Bewitched and no one noticed and gave a shit. Um, yeah, because it wasn't about him. <laughs> exactly, it wasn't about him, and who who gave a fuck? And that's the big joke in the movie is that he's so afraid yeah. he's gonna get replaced and no one will give a yeah. shit. Um, but I, I dig that. Uh, seeing Will Ferrell matched up with Nicole Kidman is a weird one, but it worked. Uh, I don't know. Give me some of your random ones from around that time because he did a lot of strange stuff during that period of like the uh, later two thousands. Um, I love, I know we've talked about old school, but I love Frank Patay. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, uh, you my boy, Blue. It, my boy, Blue. It, it remains um, one of my favorite. I also, we didn't talk about Land of the Lost, I don't uh, think. Well, because that, that came a little bit later. That was after Talladega Nights. That oh, was... so you're talking, you wanted me to give ones just during that time? Frame, I mean, you can. We can talk, we can jump to uh, Land of the Lost because everybody hates that movie. That is not a fond movie when it comes to the Will Ferrell lexicon, but I no. fucking love Land of I the Lost. Him and <laughs> Danny McBride, that was one of the first things I saw Danny McBride in, too. Yep. Um, I want you to know also, like, in the same sort of vein, uh, I love the other guys. Oh, I love the other guys. Still I, love the other guys. <laughs> did you yell America when you hit the accelerator? No, no, I don't I don't think I did. No, you definitely yelled America. Um, him and his wooden gun because he can't handle having a weapon. Yeah, because he um, I also really love uh, a later one that a lot, some people don't. The campaign was at Galifianakis, and I oh, know I love Ad, the campaign. I know some people don't though, and I love that that they that he and Adam McKay on Funny or Die that they had between two ferns, oh, which is so good. my favorite pieces of comedy of all time. Really, it's so uncomfortable, and I love it so much. Like I think that Zach Galifianakis, not the movie. You're, I'm talking about the show. The movie was fine. I never saw the movie. I, I had kind of burned out a little bit on Between Two Ferns. Um, not Zach Galifianakis. I think he's still a genius. But sometimes he's he's that cringy level of comedy that I can't do too much of. That um, makes sense. I like, like, I have I to like turn away. Because, because it was so short. It wasn't like I was watching... So, which is why the movie was just okay for me. So because it was so short, it was like I could watch it, like watch one a day and then like remember it a couple weeks later and be like, this is still so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what, I'm trying to think. Like, like uh, that was also right around the time when he came back to SNL and he was doing um, George Bush, uh, yeah, which yeah, was, was amazing. And if you've never seen the campaign, just picture him doing his George Bush impression. He's a different character, but he is just doing his George Bush for two hours, basically. Um, yeah. which was, it, it's a good time. Uh, 
I forgot he was in the producers. He was in the he was in a smaller role. He did Curious George. Um, he voiced that one. I never saw that. Not that I have kids, maybe I should show them this Curious George movie. Um, that um, was also right you, around when he did his serious role in Stranger Than Fiction. Uh, did you like Anchorman Two: The Legend Continues? So I, Anchorman, I think again, it's it, it's almost Ghostbusters level. Where like Ghostbusters as a film, if you were to break it down, like if you were to do the film movie critique ghostbusters shouldn't be a good film right no the characters don't change the plot is way too um uh like MacGuffin heavy and like they just drop exposition in random scenes so the people can understand what they're talking about but because it doesn't try to be that and it's just so funny similar to like stripes like the the plot becomes secondary you just want to watch those characters do things and that was anchorman right like the simple plot of anchorman is there's a woman in the office and they're not okay with it and then he gets fired because he swears on tv end of list you know what i mean like that there's not a lot of plot in anchorman but it's so good it works whereas with anchorman 2 they do attach a little bit more plot and it is just them doing those improv bits. I think it doesn't work as well as the first one because they just try to bring back a lot of those jokes. However, all of that being said, I still fucking love Anchorman 2 because it's just Will Ferrell being Ron Burgundy again. And that's all I really wanted. So, yes, I love Anchorman 2. However, I recognize it as an inferior product. Um... Oh, was like my favorite part of that movie is this is just an aside. I don't care if listeners like it or not. Is when he <laughs> says, "I am blind." <laughs> they train a fucking was it a dolphin killer whale? What was it that they train in that film? Him and Baxter. Some. <laughs> is it? Oh no, it's a shark. It's just a shark. That's right. It's just straight up a shark that they train. <laughs> And, and Ray's as he lives in a lighthouse. <laughs> like, what, like, what is Anchorman 2? Like, it makes no sense. But I, I also love uh, I love that he's got the... He, he's got his son, and his son's got his new stepdad, who's a psychiatrist, but they think that that means he's um, a psychic. Like, he has yes. special powers. And the yes. twist of the film is that he does have psychic powers. <laughs> and they keep yelling at him quit we reading my mind and they swing at him <laughs> and that's still a bit like again like when i talk about like one of the reasons why i love will ferrell so much is that my wife also digs that kind of comedy it's probably more like that's why i love my wife so much as we have the same sensibilities but there i don't think of uh day has gone by in our entire relationship that my wife doesn't go quit reading my mind and then like swings at me <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Charday. And I'm Lissa. And together we're... The, the Slovenly Trolls. We're not your average D&D podcast. We do monthly deep dives on topics like D&D art, the early years of TSR hobbies, and rhetoric. All with cited sources. Think of it like a feminist critique of D&D. Or don't. We're not your moms. Or are we? Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at Slovenly Trolls. Tune in on the first of every month for new episodes. See you there. And don't forget the number one rule of D&D. Don't, don't be a dick. Hi, my name is Terry Smith. 
You might know me as one of the hosts of Right in the Fields, or perhaps if you've heard some of the crossover content with the Slovenly Trolls. But I also write comic books for Can'tBeKilledCreations.com, and we have our first full-size comic book coming out called Growing Up. Getting older is exciting, moving on to bigger and better things, but what happens to the childish things left behind? Moving on is hard, but that's growing up. From neon-colored folders to action figures to trading cards, Growing Up shows the final moments of the doomed worlds our toys and childhood machinations inhabit before they are thrown away as we grow up. Available on Amazon and Comixology. Um, I, don't, I don't think we mentioned Blades of Glory yet. Oh, uh, I, I, you talk about Blades of Glory first because I have more uh, me going to the movie theaters at a young age stories. About Blades of Glory? Yeah. <laughs> Question mark? Well, because, okay. um, be, uh, so, uh, fine, I, I'm going to get in front of you then. Um, so, um, af- because Talladega Nights was such a big thing in my friend group and my dad and my mom took us to go see it, um, we were around 13 at the time for Blades of the Glory, so we were allowed to go see it by ourselves. So it's the first time we were dropped off at a movie theater to go buy the tickets ourselves to go in, and it was so fucking cool, and that movie was just the right level of dumb that it, it, again another formative moment right around there it 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 somehow hit our expectations for Talladega Nights which is not something that I think happens a lot when it comes to going to see a movie because you like the star I think a lot of times if you go and you're like oh I love Will Smith movies you're going to be disappointed because he makes lots of different fucking movies but Blades of Glory is that same type of comedy and then you get the likes of um, Jenna Fisher and uh, Amy Poehler and all these awesome other like comedians that i was just starting to become acquainted with around that time um mm-hmm. that it just blew me away uh plus it had coach from or not coach from coach was it coach yeah it was it was coach from coach yes. um in it which i didn't expect and nobody knows what i'm talking about in our generation when i mentioned coach very funny uh sitcom from the late 80s early 90s about a coach of a you know school football team was it football uh yes but if you don't know if like if you want a touchstone for it the the voice of patrick star plays his assistant so um <laughs> yes <laughs> this I is one of those, those weird voice. adhd rabbit holes where i just talk about coach for the next hour and a half i mean we can i have less to talk about about <laughs> it so you will have to stand strong on your own my friend with that one. Oh, we know if i can do anything it's filibuster about coach that's true. Uh, my favorite part of Blaze of Glory comes at the beginning when he is um, at the children's. At the, he's wearing the mascot thing. He's at a children's event. And then he <laughs> starts ranting in the in the middle of it. And I said, yes, this is peak this is peak comedy for me. Like I'll never. What do I? What do I need? That's not this. You know? Um the the hot dog vendor who uh, was super homophobic and offended, and he puts two hot dogs in the bun. And says, "Does that look right to you?" Um, is yeah. one that, is one that always <laughs> sticks it. out at me because that's how dumb. Like where we come from, that is the type of argument you get for, for from the homophobic people. And they're just like, "Does that look right to you?" And I'm like, "It looks fucking delicious to me." So I don't know what that says about me. Um, but you're incorrect. And that was one of the funniest bits. Um as well as them doing attempting to do the was it the iron lotus was that the name of the move i don't remember the name of the move it doesn't matter it doesn't yes, matter like, but the special move that they're trying to do for the film where they first had decapitated a woman or whatever so yes exactly the was and so every time they practice they keep cutting off the head of the mannequins um yep. i thought that was that was just pure genius um 
uh i i was it the dibiase no that's the suit uh i'm trying to remember whatever the name of the the whalebone comb um that one stuck with me for a long time uh a lot of the sex addict stuff is like the dumbest lowbrow comedy in the film but jenna fisher um and will ferrell really pull off those jokes i think um it's also one of the few movies i think bill Hader was good in after napoleon dynamite not no no shade thrown at bill Hader. i just didn't like a lot of the projects he ended up in after napoleon dynamite and that one was where i guess he's got twin brother i don't know if they both act so maybe i'm getting them confused but um It was one of the few that I actually liked him in. Um, another line that that will never not be funny is when Will Ferrell says, the night is a very dark time for me. <laughs> <laughs> the follow-up is just, it's a dark time for everyone. That's what yeah. night is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that's another out. quote that, that pops around a lot in my apartment. My wife also the other day, no, I'm not shitting you at all, said for her eulogy she completely serious we're talking about like getting our affairs in order basically um we're no one's dying we just it's something that you have to do when you have kids and she was, it was like asking me about the eulogy she asked if i would sing a song and i was like of course i would sing you a song and she goes i want you to sing will ferrell's version of my humps but if i <laughs> but especially if i die from cancer and you can change the lyrics to my lumps and I was like, there's so many layers to this. I mean, and also, he doesn't even sing it. He quotes the song on a treadmill. And she goes, yeah, that's how you have to do it. And I was like, do I have to have, like, people throwing biscuits and KFC at me? And she goes, 100%. So I'll bring the biscuits. Got you it. bring the biscuits. Uh, somebody else th- toss me a drumstick. <laughs> Jimmy, what? Jimmy, throw me a biscuit. Oh, <laughs> uh, But Blaze of Glory was just, like, such a big deal at the time um the the outfits and the soundtrack like i i don't know what else to say other than i can't believe they were able to follow up talladega nights and hit that same level of popularity i just not something i yeah. thought was going to be able to be pulled off it just the next year too i think right like or yeah maybe, or like maybe two years yeah. later let's see yeah. talladega nights came out you know you're right one year later 2006 and then blades of glory came out 2007 so like they had to have filmed those like back to back almost yeah basically i mean he was just in his prime when he was like it seems like they all came out because he got like i'm looking at 2004 and 2005 it was like five movies a year yeah he was fucking killing it and um because like that was coming off of right after when he's left snl so it's like it makes sense that he would be like well let's uh let's strike while the iron's hot and also it's just one of the reasons why i think will ferrell resonates with so many of our like our generation is it seems like he's having fun doing what he's doing um because there's a lot of comedians sometimes that like it do, like they're funny in their role but it doesn't seem like they love doing it like uh that, that was something i always uh felt about um chris farley right like chris farley loved making people laugh but you could tell he was afraid they were laughing at him and so like they went with that comedy will ferrell just seems like he there's no stress involved when he's doing comedy um and i don't know if that's true i don't know either one of these people personally but i love chris farley but when i go back and watch his movies like tommy boy is one of my favorites there's a sadness there and probably because we know he committed suicide um yeah. but there, there's also a portion yeah it definitely colors it like when you go back it's that's like saying like seems like kurt cobain's sad because you go back and listen to your oh, album you know it's like going back and watching any robin williams movies for me right it's well like, i think that's also it's it's not just poignant because he did but also 
Robin Williams has that sadness to a lot of his roles. Mm-hmm. And exactly. now you understand just, why, right? More, more pronounced. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, but Will Ferrell just, again, just seems like he is living his best life and really enjoying it. And that's why it resonates with me. It's seems like John C. Riley. Like, those guys just seem like they're having fun hanging out. And that's why I love I, it so I, much. So I looked up a few Will Ferrell facts, and he actually wrote when he was 10 that he wanted to be a soccer player and a comedian during the offseason. So I think it is, like, he is really living his dream. Like, he's been doing it, you know what I mean, for so, like, wanted to do it for so long and has been doing it for so long at, in such a high level. <clears throat> I also kind of want to mention some of his produced stuff, mostly just because I'll take any excuse to talk about Hot Rod. <laughs> and he was an executive producer on Hot Rod, which is... One of the greatest films of all time. One of the greatest movies of all time. We should just do a Lonely Island episode for sure. Um, yeah, no, for sure. But I didn't know he produced it. I knew it was an SNL movie. Like, I knew Lauren Michaels was involved Like in all those SNL movies. And not many SNL movies don't hit for me. Like, pulling out, like, weird ones. Like, we mentioned Superstar. But even, like, Ladies Man, which is, like, not a great film. But I fucking love it so much. Hot Rod was one, like, I didn't know Will Ferrell was involved at all. But that makes so much sense. Yeah, well, that's I didn't know until I was studying for this episode, or not studying, but <laughs> looking at the episode. Um, and I and Hot Rod came across as one of his credits. I was like, he's not in fucking Hot Rod. And then I was like, oh, he produced it. Never mind. <laughs> it makes so much more sense why I love it so much now. <laughs> he also was on. Um, did you see Booksmart in 2019? He executive produced that as well. No shit. Was, yeah, I thought that was a really, really, really good movie um olivia wilde killed it like directing wise for book smart but that movie works on so many different levels like the directing is impeccable the writing's hilarious it's obviously you know it apes that that coming of age story with the ending in a party type thing like when you get like super bad or can't hardly wait a lot of those films um but it just updates it for a newer generation but also the different lens through it like i know we're not talking about book smart here but like that there's no faults in Booksmart. There's no part of it that I'm like, oh, like the cinematography is on point, the soundtrack's on point, every single actor's killing it. So like the fact that again, like you have Will Ferrell also as a producer, I'm like so the producers were also killing it. Like that movie is just ten out of ten across the board. Yep. Uh, um, I would be remiss. I know that we're not really as on. Um, like we're still sort of on films, but I would be remiss without saying that he and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, drummer. Yeah. And, uh, oh God, his appearances on late yes, night their, as the drummer. Like, when they when they switch is so <laughs> so fucking funny. Like because he's literally like you were talking about, right? Like like he and Chad Smith are literally just like fucking around doing whatever they want, and they and and it's like he's just doing literally everyone else's dream you know what i mean like yeah i want to do this today so i'm going to well think about like how many like appearances he had just for that like like again like they're just like hey do you want to come on and do a drum off with chad smith like like, what are you talking about like uh, yeah sure i'll go do that or like you uh, like like, there's whole bits about how he like the argument is uh which one is the best drummer of all time (laughs) and like it's just him like really poorly drumming up there or like you get him showing up as Ron Burgundy, like even before Anchorman Two was a thing, he just showed up as Ron Burgundy all over the place because he enjoyed yeah. doing that character. He was like, "Fuck it, exactly. I'll show up as Ron Burgundy. Why not?" Exactly. Like that shit um, is also, like just amazing. In my in my research, I've discovered what his dream role is. What's Are that? you ready? His dream role is to play Simon Cowell. 
God, I would love him. I in, would love in an American you. Idol film. Like, like it's like yes. it's Simon Cowell's story, but it's really it's about him doing that first season of American Idol. Because the thing is, is like people forget Simon Cowell was very rich before that. He was a famous music producer. Like yeah. that that was not where he made his money from. It's probably where he made a lot more money from. But like he was, he was doing okay before. That's like saying like that's where Randy Jackson got famous. Like no, 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 Randy Jackson was doing fine. Paula Abdul had many hits. Like there was a reason why they were picked as the judges, you know. Oh, one hundred percent. But I think that just, I just imagining Will Ferrell portraying Simon Cowell. <laughs> I need that in my life. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> but like again like every everything he does kills it for me like uh one of my favorite things to show people who didn't watch a lot of snl from that era like there's tons of characters he had but my favorite is the harry carey stuff like like, yeah. this, like let's just watch him poorly talk about space for a half an hour because like the thing is too is like it's so funny you don't even have to know who harry carey was like there's a lot of our, our people our age like they don't know who the fuck this baseball announcer was like why is that a thing but it's just him and his little head shake like come on like the, the man was so talented and that's one of the the cool things when it gets to he hits that mid-level of his career where he's like i'm just gonna produce stuff and when it comes to funny or die but he didn't just do that right like he didn't just start one of the funniest websites on, on the internet period he also was like well i'm also gonna kick it off and provide half the content on the platform and just started making low rent youtube videos basically and they're, right. they're all hilarious like i love his rent check ones where he's got the little girl who's just coming to ask for the rent and he's just yelling at this small child about not having the money yet yes I also <laughs> back to SNL. The I love um, when he's Alex Trebek. <laughs> I know that's one that everyone probably recognizes and whatever. But like when I think of that, I think when I think of SNL, him, I think of him as Alex Trebek, him as George Bush, and the cowbell, obviously. Obviously, the cowbell. Like you, you, you can't really, you can't really have him without. Uh, without the cowbell. Um, but a lot of those bits too, like he just adds to it, right? Like Will Ferrell's kind of ridiculous in both of those yeah. skits, but it's the fact that it all comes together so well because he, I, I think Will Ferrell has always done a good job of being so ridiculous. It almost downplays the scene because you don't have to be a straight man when you're in a scene with Will Ferrell, you can't be because he's going to break you. So even though like, people try to be straight, like they can be ridiculous because you'll never be as ridiculous as Will Ferrell. Exactly. Um, then again, like you also have Chris Parnell there who is just the perfect straight man. He can be a straight man. I think he's one of the few who can play it straight next to Will Ferrell. Like shout out to Dr. Spachemin in 30 rock or his role as the AM, um, movie, uh, or, uh, a radio announcer in Hot Rod, you know? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're sponsored by the AM radio station. That is the best. I know that, like, punch dance scenes, you know, everyone obviously we think Footloose. No, Hot Rod has the best one where he's doing a training montage punch dance scene, and then he falls on the fucking hill. For a half an hour? <laughs> Nothing is better with the music still playing. I just love when uh, Chris Barnell has to explain his tattoo. Where he's like, I like to imagine that the the young man had sex the night before and it, some of it got caught in his urethra. So it split his stream so he could simultaneously pee on FM radio and XM radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, 
why? Why did you need to go into that bit? But moving on, um, there's even some that I think are uh, lower renown that I still think are, are awesome. Like, we, we mentioned the other guys, right? Like, his turn is Gator. Yeah. Um, yeah. And bouncing off uh, Marky Mark is so good. Because, you know, you expected to see him and John C. Riley together and everything, but you kind of learned, well, Farrell can bounce off most people and it still be hilarious. Like, that's where I go to semi-pro. Like, it's just like, it's oh. him and you get, you get people like Andre 3000, right? Like, that movie yes. just kills it in every way and people don't talk about it because it's not Step Brothers, you know? But uh, yeah. I still think, like, semi-pro is one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies. Like, it's near the top of the list could be because of the basketball thing but also i i think it's just so underrated um did you watch eurovision the of course i watched eurovision i watched it day one um okay. when it launched on netflix that movie had no right to be as good as it was i really thought it was going to be closer to something like, like again i get to, i i talk about like how Will Ferrell kills it for me no matter what. That doesn't mean he's not sometimes in films that are weaker, right? Like, I think of uh, Get Hard, right? Um, yeah, Get Hard is not that good, yeah. It's not that good, but he's still funny, and so is everybody else in it. Like, th- no one is doing a bad job in that film. It just kind of was a by-the-numbers one. But even Eurovision, I thought it was going to be that level, and it's not. Um, I also love Eurovision, so the fact that it's just about ABBA, <laughs> really, like, it, like, it was amazing to me. Um, yes. but the, the, the entire list of people they have in that film is partly why it's so good, because they're all so hilarious, but I, I didn't expect Rachel McAdams, even though, like, like, she's hilarious in Wedding Crashers, and she definitely has comedic chops, I didn't expect her to be a convincing love interest for Will Ferrell. <laughs> like no no i was i was like oh so this is just gonna be like like a weird vibe i thought it was gonna be more along the lines of adam sandler films where it's just like him someone pretty and his friends on an expensive vacation and it was it was it was better like it was really good it's up there for me as some of my favorites Mm -hmm. plus again the soundtrack is fucking killer which obviously it's for eurovision so how could it not be um right it's incredible. I think it's time probably to talk about um, Step Brothers. Um, oh, my God. Which, I Do mean, again, have... how can you not? I don't know if we have enough time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. is like we're, We've been going through all of this stuff. We're only in 2008, you know? And we've, we've jumped around, obviously. But the, the, he just never stops. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. But, yeah, but Step Brothers um, is might be one of the most quoted films of our entire generation. Like I mentioned Talladega Nights, that one scene is big and me and my friends and my wife, like we all loved that entire movie, but Step Brothers, everybody fucking loved. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not a cult thing. It's, it's like a, a mainstream everyone. And it's only like an hour and a half, which is crazy. To me. It's so it's so fast. That movie just moves along in the clip and it's just like, um, like those movies that I mentioned before, like the Adam Sandler, there's not a lot of plot to Step Brothers, right? They don't like each other. They like each other. They break up. They get back together. Catalina fucking wine mixer. And that's the entire plot to that film. Yep. And it just moves yep. along at such a pace. Or it's just him and John C. Riley being fucking hilarious for an hour and a half. And all the guest stars are obviously awesome. Um, what's, uh, not, I, I almost said Adam McKay again, but uh, what's, the guy who played Ben Wyatt in Parks and Rec, Adam. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Derek. Uh, Derek. I've had a corpse. It's Derek. 
that was the big that was the big first movie that introduced Adam Scott to me. He had been in tons of stuff before, but that's where I really remember seeing him first in. And uh seeing him with like Catherine Hahn, like that was another big Catherine one. Catherine Hahn, yeah. Yep, Ka- Catherine awesome. Hahn as the as the wife slash like I don't know, lover. Love um, interest, yeah. <laughs> like um that that is so amazing. Also, how have we not mentioned like while Will Ferrell is a bad drummer, amazing singer. Like, why is he so good at singing? Song, some people will call him the songbird of this generation. generation. Exactly. <laughs> you get it in this movie. It's incredible. You get it. Um, but the acapella, um, was it Sweet Child of Mine? No. No. Are you which... talking about what he no, not Will Ferrell. The Ben and or not Ben, but Adam Scott and his, and Catherine Hahn. Uh, what's the song that that the that their family yes, sings? It is. It is. I it thought is you were talking about okay. Will Ferrell. I was like, no, that's not him. But no, yes, boats and hose is all him. Is... <laughs> can we talk about MP3 players for a minute and how everyone I knew, even though we could only fit like seven tracks back then on an MP3 player, we all had boats and hose somehow. And Lonely Island, I just had sex. Oh, of course, you just had. I just and I'm on a boat. And I'm on a boat. It was just all Lonely Island and and, <laughs> and then Jason. boats and hose. <laughs> exactly. Um, we we grew up in a town surrounded by a lot of lakes, so like we did a lot of like lake partying. Um, and on every list you had boats and hose, and I'm on a boat. Um, and there's so, nothing like getting drunk in high school on a raft uh, while listening to I'm on a boat and boats and hose. That's just that's a that's a vibe if there was one. I just want you to, everyone to know we don't recommend that you do that. It's dangerous. It's dangerous, especially like what we call like it was just like it was barely a raft. Like at one point we put pontoons on a deck and pushed it out into the lake. Um, which, it's- by the way, uh, you need life jackets for technically because they would call that a boat, even though there's no propeller uh, device. We didn't have <laughs> we didn't have rows. We didn't have oars. We didn't have anything. Um, but yep. yeah, just so you know. Also, underage drinking is bad. Yeah, also that. That was my next disclaimer. <laughs> that was my next disclaimer. You got me. Um, What else? Uh, there's just so many things. He guested in so many things in between there, too. Like, all of the late night stuff kind of happened in there. Um, the, Him doing more stuff with Lonely Island. He, the, uh, showing up at, like, the MTV Music Awards. Shit like that. Um, That's right around Land of the Lost, which we've mentioned. Again, my introduction to Danny McBride. Um, but that I, movie is a lot of fun for no reason. Well, it's I want you to know so dumb. that he also did some of the coverage for the Royal Wedding. <laughs> <laughs> did you do it as Ron Burgundy or was he Will Ferrell? No. <laughs> well, I mean, both, but he was Will Ferrell. That's so awesome. Um, he I had that spot it. in the, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, yep. he, was in an episode of Drunk History, uh, probably wearing the same Abraham Lincoln costume as he did in The Goods. Um, <laughs> him and John C. Riley both all over the place on Cartoon Network around the same time, sitting with Funny or Die, because a lot of those shows that ended up on Cartoon Network, The Late Night for Adult Swim, started on Funny or Die. So you had like Tim and Eric and uh, Dr. Steve Brohl. They both showed up all over the place. We mentioned the other guys. Shout out to Pimps Don't Cry. Like if you want, again, more... More reasons. You go listen to him uh, singing "Pimps Don't Cry" along with oh, was it Eva Mendez? Uh, I don't know. Or Eva Long? No, it wasn't Eva Longoria. I think it was Eva Mendez. Yes, Eva Mendez in uh, uh, as his wife from the other guys. For again, no reason. Like why? Why did they need to do that? They didn't do that. Um, everything must go. Kind of fell flat for me, but that was another serious role for him. Um, and then you get to one of the best collaborations of all time, Will Ferrell, Brad Pitt, Megamind. 
Um, okay, I was talking about Megamind. He's also I love him in the Lego movie and like video games and stuff. And like that the, came way later. I was gonna I was gonna get there eventually. Yeah. Um, but uh, Megamind. Uh, a lot of those DreamWorks movies are good, but they kind of get lost in space. Like people forget about them because they're not Pixar. Um, yeah. Like people don't really remember Alien, uh, the Monsters vs. Aliens. That's not Monsters one that's quoted aliens, a lot. Yeah. But Megamind is really good. Don't sleep on it. Go check it out. I think it pairs really well with something like The Incredibles, which I know is blasphemy. It's not nearly as good as The Incredibles, but it is still very good, and it's a fun superhero time. So go check out mm-hmm. Megamind. Um, a lot of these, uh, not, I don't think we need to mention, obviously all the funnier die stuff comes through there. Um, uh, but right around there, 2011 is when he <laughs> showed up as D'Angelo Vickers in the office. One of yes. the most hated office characters of all time, but I love D'Angelo. Um, I think it's so good. I thought it was a really good bridging of the gap after Steve Carell's character left. Um, like, well, it, I mean, he's so he's there for a little bit with Steve Carell though. And I yeah, there was the, exactly there was the handoff. It was from Michael to D'Angelo, and yeah. they are obviously hilarious together because you know they're funny. However, I do understand where a lot of people like don't like it because The Office, a lot of that comedy is as silly as it was, was kind of grounded. In D'Angelo was pure Will Ferrell nonsense. Like yeah. it, it was definitely jumping the shark a little bit when it came to the comedy. I thought it was fun though, and it, we needed something weird with. The absence of Michael, so I always really enjoyed Will Ferrell showing up there. Plus, I'm biased because I love Will Ferrell. Um, I think, that it, I think but, that it works because because it's he's supposed to be hated. Yeah, like, exactly. You know I mean? Like he's like, supposed to not be Michael. That's supposed to be like the the episode where where uh, Michael leaves and it's just him and D'Angelo starts to come undone and starts eating cra- like crazy and having the weird meetings and people are like, oh no! I thought that was so good because it sets up that camaraderie of the office having to team up after Michael was gone exactly like it's like oh there's an outsider so we can come together even though and like for the viewers though it's like michael's gone but like we can hate this guy exactly exactly until we until we feel grounded and less upset about michael being gone like i'll watch it because i want to know because like they all hate him too (laughs) um but yeah so like that was good him showing up in eastbound and down throughout the years was always fun another team up with danny mcbride uh Mm -hmm. the few stints he had on 30 rock were also fun we mentioned uh anchorman 2 but lego movie was i think one of the first big roles in a long time that i think killed it like everyone was super pumped to see him in it um he was awesome as the dad and uh um the craglin and the the knife of exact zero all of that stuff I think he added a lot of the heart to that film, partly because I'm a dad and I cry anytime there's like a father and son moment type thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought he was a really, really bright spot in that film. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought it was really good. Um, did you watch Last Man on Earth? I did not. So I love that show. One of my favorite like end of the world shows, but he has a small role in one episode. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, what about Daddy's Home? Daddy's Home is a weird blind spot for me when it comes to Will Ferrell. I never saw I... Daddy's Home or Daddy's Home 2. So I also did not. It's with Mark Wahlberg though, right? Again, yep. yep. Tino and Mark Wahlberg. Um, yeah. uh, I almost said Leah Romini, but it's not. It's, um, um, uh, oh, shoot. She played... Um, okay velma i'm broke i had my dad stroke there (laughs) she played velma and scooby-doo the live action what's that actress's name linda cardellini 
Uh, Linda ah, Cardellini plays his wife in it, and her ex-husband is Mark Wahlberg. Yes. So you never um, saw that one either, then? I also did not ever see oh, it. okay. Yeah. Uh, well, then we can't talk too much about it. I've heard good things. People like it. They made a sequel. I heard it. So I heard the I heard it was fine. Not like I guess I didn't say that it was good. I said people liked it. <laughs> There's a difference. Eh, I don't know why I didn't see it though. I uh, that one was just like a really general audience one at a time where I was probably going through some pretentious phase where I was only watching like A24 films or horror films or some shit. Wow. I have those. I have those moments. Uh like right now I have queued up when uh Emily gets home the first thing we're watching is The Northman. So Yeah, is it good? Uh, so, I mean, we've only seen the first 15 minutes because uh, it was getting too late yesterday, but it was really good so far. But I love everything. Robert Eggers, uh, the, he did the Vivitch and, mm-hmm. and Lighthouse. Um, so, uh, I, I I think it's good. It's it's basically Hamlet, right? Or Lion King. It's guys, uh, but based in, you know, Norse like times like you have these vikings and he's the prince and his father gets murdered by his uncle and his uh mom gets kidnapped so it's a revenge tale he grows up to be one of the scars guards and his whole thing is i will rescue you mother i will avenge you father and i will kill you fjolnir which is his uncle so again i i love hamlet and i love lion king so and and you you add in robert eggers and his amazing like not just accurate but like like creepy puts you in that time period darkness like he did mm-hmm. in the witch um which by the way like i always say the vavitch that's for fun i do know it's pronounced the witch um but i refuse to say it that way um but if you combine all that i think i'm gonna love the movie that that isn't going to speak to how good it is but i don't think he's made a bad film so far so why are you this way i don't know i don't know i probably probably like uh seeing talladega nights too young um, I think is a is a big Definitely portion part of it. of it is is uh, is nurture, not yeah. just nature. Yeah, it's not just it's not just nature. I, but though, I I think that that's definitely a part of it. Um, now I think we could probably jump into because like he didn't do a lot of of stuff in between there. A lot of TV roles, a lot of like little guesting, but a lot of producing. Um, obviously Lego Movie Two, but I think um, other than like the Daddy's Homes movies, there's not a lot in there that I would mention that I loved. Obviously, um, uh, maybe yeah, no, nothing in between that and Eurovision. Uh, a lot of that stuff didn't really hit for me. Uh, he has some new stuff coming soon, though, right? What like, about Zoolander Two? Did you like when he came back as Mugatu? No. No, yeah, Zoolander 2 did not hit for me at all. I mentioned, like, Anchorman 2, even though I didn't think it was good, still worked for me. Zoolander 2 was one of the few, like, Zoolander is so good. I, I thought Zoolander 2 was kind of bad. Yeah, I thought it was also good. Um, um, but anyways, you say it was also good? Did you like that? I'm sorry to shit on your movie. No, 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 no. I'm, I... <laughs> I realized as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I was like, that's not what I meant. No, I also <laughs> thought that it was not good. Like, I thought that it was bad. Gotcha. Like, it, because the first one is so good, is where I was like, my my train of thought was all jumbled together. But the first one was so good that it you was You had your like, mind, uh, all of your thoughts just up in a bottle. And so it was mind-bottling. Right in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited to see him. So do you want to talk about future stuff? Yes, no? please, please. Let's move on. Let's wrap this up. So I want, I'm excited to see him in, uh, 
Barbie movie with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Who is he going to play in that? Like, I, no one knows yet. They, no one knows. Because like, that movie so, is so star-studded. I'm so pumped for it. But, like, what yeah. is it going to be? Like, is she going to be playing the inspiration for the character? Or is she, like, Barbie come to life? Like, her as Barbie and Ryan Gosling as Ken is so inspired. Like, I'm so pumped. And then they're like, and Will Ferrell. I'm like, what the fuck is he going to be doing? Yep. Um, other than that, they say that, uh, there, there might be another, um, Zoolander-like movie that, Interesting. um, that he, but he's, so he's going to play his titular, you know, Zoolander character, and then he's going to go to Paris Fashion Week. I don't know. These oh, it's going to star just... Mugatu? Yes. Like I would watch him a... star as Mugatu. Obey My Dog, um, is another one, again, <laughs> in my lexicon for no reason. Like, I would just shout that at people in high school. Right. Uh, like, um, Obey My Dog. Kill the Prime Minister of Malaysia. So, they also, um, he's supposed to be coming into a Christmas movie, A Christmas Carol, but he's going to be joined by Ryan Reynolds. Is he going to play Buddy again? Or is he just being... No, in the movie, A Christmas Carol. Oh, oh, oh so like it's not like some sort of stage production. It's he's... like they're doing a version of Christmas Carol. Yes, he... but we don't know. Like, it's not clear yet who's going to be who. And like I said, this is all just stuff. I can I see have... Will Ferrell, I feel like, in a long shirt and a nightcap, I really feel like is something I need in my life. So him being Ebenezer Scrooge sounds like the most appropriate piece of action, right? Yes, uh, there is an untitled Will Ferrell and Jason Momoa project. <laughs> Just untitled. I would love to see in other guys too, where it's him and Jason Momoa this time. Um, and also, I think that uh, I don't remember if this is the based on the book that Lissa was talking about in a previous during our stream. I think actually, but the hundred year old man who climbed out the window and disappeared. He's starring in that. Is that oh, he's starring in that. You know, I just talked to oh. Lissa about that recently. That's something that yeah, she was what, reading. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, that oh, you cut out there. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the man thing where I just say what you said again, but with more confidence. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so he's supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be the old man that climbs up. The I haven't read it yet. I bought it. I have the book here, but I haven't checked it out yet. Um. Now I need to go. Do I wait for the Will Ferrell movie because? <laughs> so you can see. Well, I wonder, like, because from what she was describing to us is that it was not going to be, um, like, funny, right? I mean, I guess maybe, but it's it's kind of a somber tone from what she said. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's not something that I'm like, oh, this is gonna be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like, so that's I don't know. Um, he's also gonna be. Uh, he exe is executive producing a bunch of different stuff. Um, the Shrink Next Door, which is a TV series. I haven't seen it. Came out in 2021. Um, the Woman in the House Across the Street with a Girl in the Window. Yeah, the that was that was weird and good. I, I like that. Not a lot of people did. Um, that was over on Netflix uh, with Kristen Bell. Mm -hmm. I didn't know he had a hand in that. But of course he did. He, you know that he executive produced on Succession also, which we love. No shit. Really? Yeah. That's what it says. Man, that dude Old just has girl. his hand in everything. I love Succession. That's probably my favorite show to come out in the last, like, ten years. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm not caught up to it yet, though. I'm not, like, I have not watched it. I had it, to though. try to explain to my wife why it's funny, too. Because, like, it's so, it's so dark, and it's also just a good story, but it's also hilarious. And she's like, what is funny about watching these people? I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell you why I enjoy this show. I definitely don't relate to the characters. <laughs> right. Uh, 
But anyway, that's uh, that's what I have that I could find. I looked at a couple. Of An illustrious days. career, if I can yeah. say so myself. I, I mean, uh, and it doesn't look like he's slowing down. Definitely not, and that's something that's really cool too. Because like Will Ferrell's kind of older, you know. Like, uh, how old is he now? He was born in '67, so he's two years younger than my dad. How old's your 55. dad? He's 55. So Will Ferrell's 55. So he's not that old. Yeah. No. So that we we might have another fifty years of Will Ferrell. I can only hope. If there's anything that gives me hope for the future, it's that sentence right there. Is that we might have another fifty years with Will Ferrell. That makes me happy. Yes, I agree. Ah, well. He is one of the very iconic. He's done everything. He is everything. He's <laughs> he needs to start egotting though. Like, there's not enough, like I don't think he's he's won many awards, and that's where I want to see him come back to. I want to see him reteam with Adam McKay and John C. Riley though. Like all three of them as a unit. I don't see it happening soon, but we have 50 years, right? And who's to say he's going to die at 95 with his high level of income and advances in modern science? <laughs> I don't think it's crazy for him to live like 240, 245. Um, you know, they just put a pig heart in a guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, he didn't live. Uh, (laughs) really thin pancakes. That's a pretty fair offer. Break it, baby, little bitch. So, so would you do it? Nah, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I had a whole mess of grapes this morning. It's so oh, wow. good. It's so, so good. good. Um, so like I was just quoting to my wife the other day because uh, she had mentioned she had never seen Highlander, and so I started going into the bit for Talladega Nights. I was like, "You never seen Highlander? It's my, one of the best movies of all time." Okay. And then she remembered because she, she still hasn't seen it. But she goes, "I saw Highlander and it was shit." And she's like, and "Sometimes it's hard to explain to people what we're yelling about because it was at my birthday. Like we're at dinner with other people who don't all watch the same things as us." And she's just screaming that Highlander was shit across <laughs> across this entire house. Um, sometimes it's just hard to go like, "Listen, you just don't love Will Ferrell the same way we do." Yeah, you just you know are less close do we want to so we're we're to end up here thank you so much for listening if you like this subscribe drop us a review over on itunes if you really really like it head on over to patreon.com slash can't be killed creations i mentioned drop us a buck or two get some bonus content get some early content um or head over to can't be killed creations.com we have other podcasts up there we have comic books up there we do all sorts of shit so go check it out um if that is not interesting to you and you want to tell us how uninterested you are in it you can email us at can'tbekillcreations at gmail.com and just tell, mu- tell us how much you don't like Will Ferrell or how much you do. That's fine too. Um, so let's wrap this up with some facts about Will Ferrell so I can go eat my lunch. Chelsea, what's some facts that we didn't get to throughout the show? Um, So he... Uh, I have to pull him back up. <laughs> I used all the ones I really wanted to, but... Um, I see one here. This is on Factonite, so none of this is like if you've ever gone to any of the Factonite websites, they have like s- like some random number of facts for everything, and almost none of them are true. Um, sorry, Factonite. But if you check out, he's got an anecdote on here. It says uh, he was always taking things literally. One time, his teacher told him to stand up. We're gonna do some exercises, and they were supposed to be doing math exercises. And Will Ferrell stood up and started doing jumping jacks in the middle of class. Uh, that's a fun one. 
So he, I know that, I mean, this isn't really like a fun fact. It's just he went to school for sports journalism, which um, is part of like his love of like sports films and also Anchorman. No um, shit, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Did you know yeah, that he, his dad was in the Righteous Brothers? Yes, I did know that. I did not know that. I fucking love the Righteous Brothers. He went to USC. Also. Really? Yeah. We're sorry. God, this man is fascinating. I can't believe you didn't know his dad was in the Rich Brothers. I definitely, this blows my mind with how old I seem to be. Um, like, that's just weird. I didn't know that. But I'm also, when it comes to music, I really dig the music. I don't look a lot into band members and what they do. Like, that's not where my, that's not where my ADHD brain goes when it comes to, like, my hyper-focused stuff. Like, I'll, I'll dig into all sorts of music. But even some of my favorite bands, I couldn't tell you all the members in them. Um, his wife, he's, he met at, um, acting class in Los Angeles and <laughs> they, and he originally didn't think that she liked him. They, he dated another girl cause he thought that he was friend zoned and, uh, then <laughs> told him that she had feelings for him and he, uh, was like, I love you. <laughs> no, I don't know if he said it that, but they go to visit, she's from Sweden. They go to visit Sweden once a year, I guess. Do you he's think done that, something that, that on his credits from... that are like, Sorry, that are ahead. like, oh no. So he does some things that he's been credited for that are like um sweden related <laughs> i was curious i'm like do you think that that shaped any of his stuff that he put in eurovision probably yeah i would assume so we're gonna go listen to yaya ding dong real quick <laughs> man man is fascinating i don't think we need to go through this entire list we're gonna wrap it up here thank you so much for listening we have been the cave trolls and we're out no we're not the cave trolls Aw, oh, man, I'm so close. Uh, I got the same sheet up here. It says right here, we are the cave trolls, and uh, this show is about D&D. Uh, is that not how I introed us? That's not how you introed us. Well, uh, I mean, it was how you started to intro us. Well, there you go. Like I've been on the wrong track this entire time. We need to start over so I can go through Will Ferrell's career in the correct mindset. we got to go through it through the right and the feels mindset. I was going through it from a D&D mindset, if you understand what I'm saying. So my next D&D character should be Will Ferrell. <laughs> I was really trying. I was like, I need to do a really long-term call, uh, like callback in in the way of Will Ferrell. And I had a note here that said, close it out as Cave Trolls. Um, I don't know if that joke landed for anybody. But for those three people that laughed, that was for you. Uh, this has been right in the feels and we're out. See, I nailed it. You got it. <laughs> Now comes that special time of the show where we thank our Patreon producers. This month we have Chantrell Every. Thank you so much, Chantrell. You keep the lights on, the mics going, and really just give us the energy and the funds to keep doing this every single day. So I just want to say again, thank you, Chantrell, for everything you do and all of your support. And if you want to become a Patreon producer like Chantrell, you can head on over to patreon.com slash creations and join at the Patreon producer level. That's the $10 level or above. And you can get shoutouts like Chantrell. But no one else did, so there can be only one. You are the Highlander. Chantrell, thank you.